0: This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. And hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. Yeah, yeah, Pierce it. Tatum drives down. This is my this <laughs> What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? Welcome to episode 152, episode 152 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And yes, this is an emergency alert broadcasting system. Banner Banter Podcast, emergency podcast extravaganza, zippity doo dah, zippity a. My oh my, what a wonderful day! I apologize for not mentioning on episode one fifty one last week that there would be no podcast this past Monday because I was out in LI for some work. A nice little work conference at the Polestar Awards. So that was pretty cool to be a part of. First time doing that. But anyways, I'm not going to talk about Big Night Media. You have heard the podcast before you can check out all those names i'm not going to talk about big night breaks i'm not going to talk about timmy ticket tuesday but i will mention you can go to bignightshop.com click on the big night media tab and go get yourself some banner banter podcast merch so this is an emergency nba trade deadline what did brad stevens do how did brad stevens help this basketball team it's his first ever nba trade deadline you know for taking over danny ainge after danny ainge left and brad stevens no longer the coach all that stuff so a little nervous for Brad because we all know I'm team Brad Stevens here so I was a little nervous but I we will we'll, we'll talk about it all so this is how the podcast is going to work it's going to be a quick one 16 17 minutes maybe even banner 18 minutes <laughs> who knows so first off we're going to talk about the deals and then we'll break them down one by one after I tell you the deals sound good great now Just keep this in mind. Remember, the keys for the trade deadline were obviously improving the team, improving the defense, since that's the number one thing this team is about. That's the face of this team right now, their defense. Getting a shooter, getting a better backup big man while staying under the luxury tax so they are not repeat offenders, which means ownership down the road would be more willing to spend some money when the time is right in the future. Great. Got it. Get it. Good awesome okay let's move on so the first deal of the day the celtics traded pj dozier Bull bowl some cash and a future second round pick to the Orlando magic for another second round pick down the road now for those of you that don't remember the celtics got pj Do- uh, dozier and Bull bowl from the denver nuggets for Juan Hernan gomez for a salary dump basically so that again the celtics could stay under the luxury tax which i'll talk about in a little bit the second deal of the day which to me is the biggest one. The Celtics ended up trading Josh Richardson, a 2022 first round pick that is protected from slots one to four. So picks one to four. If it lands in that way for the Celtics, the Celtics get the pick. If that happens, that would be probably the worst thing on the planet. And they also traded Romeo Langford for Derek White from the San Antonio Spurs. The final deal of the day was the Celtics trading for Daniel Tice, bringing him back from the Houston Rockets for Dennis Schroeder and his freedom and Bruno Fernando. So all in all, the Celtics got a second round pick, Derek White and Daniel Tice, but also got rid of seven players, which now opens up five roster spots, which again, I'll get into in a little bit. So first off, let me just talk about the Derek White deal because I love this deal. So let me just get that out there. I love this deal. With that being said, I was a huge Josh Richardson fan. Huge. If you listen to this podcast, you know that. I thought he was a great piece for this team. A nice, veter- uh, nice veteran guy to have. He was a good locker room guy as well from everything that you heard. His shooting percentages went up. He was a good defender. Accepted his role for coming off the bench. You really can't say a bad thing about him. Sure, every once in a while he was a little inconsistent. But I wish him nothing but the best going down the road. Big Josh Richardson fan. But even bigger than the Celtics getting rid, are getting Derek White. They got rid of Romeo Langford. Romeo Langford is never going to have to be talked about again. Oh, my God. You, you could just feel the weight off my shoulders. I was right the entire time. He's gone. Bye-bye-bye, like you're in an sync song. See you later. Adios, maybe Greg Popovich will turn him into something and I, you know, he'll be like an NBA All-Star in three years. Who knows? I'm not gonna I, I would put a thousand dollars on that in Las Vegas. That will never happen. But can you imagine trading the 14th pick in the 2019 NBA draft for the 29th pick in the 2017 NBA draft? <laughs> I mean, Romeo Langford on this basketball team, he played 94 games in four NBA seasons. There's eighty-two games in a season. Think about that. The kid is made of glass. You feel bad for him because clearly he was talented at high school and for a short period of time in Indiana before he got a son injury. So it sucks, but I mean this kid averaged three and a half points, two rebounds, and shot thirty percent from three. Thirty percent from three while he was here. And he was the fourteenth pick in the NBA draft. He was a motherfucking lottery pick. So with that being said. I have collected some of Romeo Lankford's best highlights as a member of the Boston Celtics, and I'm going to play a nice little montage for you right now. Ha! Gotti! <laughs> see you later romeo langford never come back i will not miss that kid at all i knew i was right about that kid see you later adios okay let's talk about Derek white a six foot four inch 190 pound guard who has a career 34 percent three-point shot averages throughout his career 11 and points a game and about four assists a game give or take but this year he's averaging 14 points a game three and a half rebounds a game and five and a half assists per game Quick thing here is, he is going to be coming off the bench, which is what he did a couple years ago, but recently he has been a starter, especially, I think he started in every single game this year for the San Antonio Spurs, so that might affect his game a little bit. So we we do have to mention that, but he's also coming to, I know this is going to sound weird to say about the San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich, but he's coming to a team that could be going to the playoffs, the Spurs have made the playoffs before, he does have a little bit of playoff experience, not a lot, but a little bit. So, you know, that's obviously a nice piece, but he'll be coming off a bench for a winning team. So can he accept his role of not being a starter? Because I don't think Ime Adoka is going to be changing his starting lineup anytime soon. But what's very impressive is if this kid can get five and a half assists per game with the current Spurs roster, and you are not the primary ball handler because that's the responsibility on D. Murray. Now you got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to play with. Oh, me, oh my. I mean, the fact that Marcus Smart's playmaking skills have skyrocketed ever since he came back from, you know, his injury is incredible. I mean, he is Derek White has played twenty-seven games this year, where he has five to nine assists. That's awesome. He's also an incredible, incredible defender. Twenty-seven games this year with one to two steals four games this year with three or more steals, and 30 games this year out of the possible 49 or 48 games that the Spurs have played where he has at least one block or more. He has 10 games with a defensive rating of 102 or less, which is awesome. And if you want to compare that to Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart has 18. So, and Marcus Smart's obviously a very, 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 very good defender. So that's really good if you have the both, both of those guys out there. That's going to be really tough for a lot of backcourts in this league. It could be tough for a Terry Rozier, Lamello Ball situation. It could be tough for Darius Garland in Cleveland. It might be tough for Lonzo Ball and maybe DeMar DeRozan. Who knows? But it could be tough for a couple backcourts with how well Marcus Smart and Derek White can defend. Now, his three-point shooting has dipped a little bit this year, but he's also not playing with jalen brown and jason tatum so the the floor is going to be more open for him he's going to get more open looks because jalen's been passing the ball well he almost got a triple double the other night he had nine assists when they beat the absolutely living shit out of the brooklyn nets or whatever team that was because i mean let's be honest it really wasn't the brooklyn nets Uh, he's an 87 percent free throw shooter which is just lovely so he can attack the rim he can hit his free throws he averages about three and a half free throws per game now The other great part about all of this is, as you can see, I'm very excited about this deal because I really think it's going to help us, even though I'm going to miss Josh Richardson. And I could just be really excited that Romeo langford has gone too. But he has played with Jalen Brown before. He has played with Jason Tatum before. He has played with Marcus Smart before. And he's also been coached by Ime Adoka before. All those guys are part of the 2019 USA FIBA team. Now, I know they didn't have the best results, but the fact that all these guys are familiar playing with each other could help the process of speeding things up a little bit before the All-Star break because they have a couple of tough games before the All-Star break, like the Nuggets, the Hawks uh the 76ers i think they play the pistons too but that's not a tough game but this could also get rid of the double big starting lineup with al and rob that has been working as of late but it's a good option to have that Derek white can also start for you you know if a team goes a little bit smaller you could start rob and jason and jalen and Derek and marcus I like that. And he and the other good thing is he's also going to be here for a while. He's only making $15 million this year. He's going to be here until twenty four, the 24-25 uh, season where he's making about $18.5 million. Yeah, almost $19 million a year. So basically, the money that Romeo Langford was making and Josh Richardson was making is pretty damn close, if not identical, to what Derek White is making this year. So there's no issue there with salary cap or luxury tax or anything like that. So then the next deal we can talk about, because I'm not talking about the P.J. Dozier bowl-bowl deal, because that's just a joke. Daniel Tice, he's back. I am not going to lie. I'm a little excited about it. Um, it's better than just being like, yeah, you know, whatever. Dennis Schroeder was a good backup plan for Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown when they were hurt, but he's not getting a lot of minutes as of late. His production level has dropped immensely now that everyone's healthy, so he's not getting the same opportunities. Sometimes he's playing with Jalen and Jason both, so that means he's not getting as many shots up, whatever the case may be. It was just a shame it was a little bit too late that Ime played Marcus and Dennis so much. Maybe if we learned that earlier, they could be in a different spot, but... He is. He was going to be a free agent this season. He's clearly going to go walk for nothing. So it's nice to get at least something for him. Now, are we really going to miss Ennis Freedom? Who posted one of the dumbest videos today on Twitter? Like, I don't miss. I'm not going to miss that guy at all. Uh, you know, rest in peace to canter. Uh, you know, canter banter. I mean, that's not even his name anymore. So, see you later. I mean, Bruno Fernando had an absolute SportsCenter top 10 highlight dunk the other night against a bunch of scrubs in the Brooklyn Nets. Are we really going to miss him? I don't think so. Now, this also could give... Peyton Pritchard some more looks, some more minutes, some more opportunities, which I think is okay. Sure, he's a little bit of a defensive issue, just like IT4 was, a little bit smaller, could create a matchup problem for sure, but he can create his own shot, he obviously can shoot the ball pretty well, especially when he gets a lot of looks and gets in a lot of rhythm. Peyton, you know, has had a lot of DNPs lately, which, which sucks because... Peyton Pritchard is a reasonable NBA player, so he can also play with the starters from time to time, so I think that's also a good thing that you're giving one of the young guys an opportunity, this could also give Aaron Niesmith a little bit of an opportunity as well, maybe he can get his shot going, you know his defense is there, you know he's a maniac, willing to throw his body all over the place, so the fact that you get rid of Schroeder, and you get rid of Romeo, and then you can kind of add that with Peyton and Aaron Niesmith. You know, you may say right now, "Oh, well, what the fuck? That sucks." But next season, because let's be honest, none of these moves are banner eighteen material. I think we can all agree on that, right? Like they are going to make the team better. They're going to fight maybe for that four, five, six seed. We'll see. Right now, they're half game out of the 6th seed, which means no play in. So it 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 could help in that way to for the future to give Neesmith more looks, give Peyton Pritchard more looks, while also still having Daniel Tice. And Derek White come off the bench because as of late, Ime Adoka has only been playing eight guys. He's only been playing Tatum, Brown, Horford, Rob Williams, Marcus Smart, Schroeder, Josh Richardson, and number 12. So now you have number 12, Neesmith and Pritchard, some young guys with all these other veteran guys who are still young. I mean, Jason Tatum's still young. Jalen Brown's still young. Marcus Smart, old. Derek White, young. Time Lord, young. You know the list goes on and on, but Daniel Tice is back on a couple-year deal, eight year, eight million this year, about eight and a half next year, and then nine in 24 and then it's a team option. So Daniel Tice is going to be here for a little, little bit. I think Daniel Tice is a nice backup. He's not great. He's not good. He's a reasonable backup if Al or Rob get hurt or get in foul trouble. Because if Time Lord for whatever reason, oh my God, just the thought of it. If he got hurt or if Al got hurt, you're bringing in number 12 or bruno fernando or ennis freedom and as much as number 12 has improved this year as long as he's standing in a corner and does absolutely nothing in the offensive end he's nice to have off the bench here and there when he does perform because when he doesn't perform it's brutal but to have number 12 daniel tice They have played together, so they're familiar with each other. He's also played with Marcus Smart. Him and Marcus Smart had a good pick-and-roll rapport with each other. If Ime wants to do a double big lineup, him and Al Horford have played together. Him and Rob Williams have played together. Um, Clearly, Jalen and Jason like him. If they're willing to bring him back, I don't think Brad Stevens is going to try and upset those guys at all. Daniel Tice loved playing here. Now, And they've been through a lot, too. They've been through a couple Easter Eastern Conference finals together. So it's not like a crazy thing. Now, he does foul a lot, which has always been an issue. You know, his three-point shot this year has not been great, but you could argue his three-point shooting is better than Freedom and Bruno Fernandos. And I know Ennis Freedom's last shot in a Celtics uniform was a made three-pointer, but get the fuck out of here. Daniel Tice is a better three-point shooter than that. He here's the thing Daniel Tice if it wasn't for luxury tax and salary cap and all this other shit he would still be on this team like if Jason Tatum's um, max extension was two years ago or three years ago before they got rid of Tice Daniel Tice would still be here the the Celtics literally traded him two years ago for nothing just to clear up some salary cap space so they could get a couple guys before they re-signed Tatum simple as that so all in all Not bad, but let's talk about the luxury tax real quick. I'm not going to get in depth with this, but every NBA team that goes over X amount of dollars for their team salary have to pay a luxury tax. This luxury tax gets higher and higher, the more and more you go over it and the amount of years you continue to go over it. So like the Lakers, they've been going over it forever. So they have to pay more, more, how do I say this the right way? They basically have to, it's like an interest rate they have to pay more and more every single year as it goes so staying under the luxury tax for a team that might not win a championship while they got a good young piece and a solid backup center even though you you did it looks like you got rid of a lot of players i think is a good thing and i think brad stevens crushed this so right now the celtics have five open roster spots and they are three and a half million dollars under the luxury tax line which is lovely this always Well, this I feel like is going to make them be spenders in the buyout market. Not big time spenders, but they can fill up four roster spots and they could find some shooting to help this team. And then maybe they can play nine to 10 deep versus playing eight deep right now. So your team right now, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Rob Williams, Derek White. Aaron Nesmith. They're going to bring down Sam Hauser from the main Red Claws, or sorry, main Celtics. My apologies. Broderick Thomas, Daniel Tyson, number twelve. Not not too shabby, especially when you have the opportunity to add four more spots. Now, I don't, I don't know. To be honest with you, because the Celtics have been playing some very good basketball as of late, even if it is bad teams, it is a little weird that they went all out and made these decisions. I'm not going to lie. You know, they've been playing some very very good basketball for sure. And since January 15th, the Celtics have only lost one game by double digits, and they are 13-3 and three in that time span. So the other two games were within 10 points. I think it was like a 9-point and a 4-point, Some, if I remember correctly. This week, they have the Denver Nuggets at home. So a quick turnaround to get everyone together. Hopefully, Derek White and Daniel Tice can play, because if not, you're looking at Smart, Brown, Tatum, Horford, Time Lord, Nismith, Hauser, Broderick Thomas, Daniel, uh, and number 12. So a really short bench when you're already short as is with five open roster spots. The Nuggets have won seven out of the last ten games. Jokic is one of the best centers, best players in the league. So it's going to be a tough matchup for Rob. I'm actually excited for this opportunity for him because the Joker does everything. I mean, Jokic just does everything. He does everything. Rebound, pass, ball handle, shoot, he does it all. Now, the reason why I brought up the double-digit loss since that one double-digit loss in January 15th, that was actually against the Atlanta Hawks down in Atlanta, where we really thought everything was about to fall apart for the Celtics. And they're going to be at TD Garden on Sunday at 2 p.m. So the Celtics have two home games here. Derek White can get comfortable. Daniel Tice can get comfortable. I think that's a good thing. It's on Super Bowl Sunday, 2 p.m. The Nuggets game's at 7.30 on Friday. So Sunday, 2 p.m., TD Garden. The Nets, uh, I'm sorry, the Hawks have also won 7 out of their last 10. They've lost to the Mavericks. They've lost to the Raptors twice. But they did get a win over the Phoenix Suns. Man, the Phoenix Suns are arguably the championship favorite right now in the NBA. But at the end of the day, I think this was a good first nba trade deadline for brad stevens i would give him a b plus a minus you know obviously i I was a big fan of josh richardson and also giving up a first round draft pick i feel like was a little bit of an overpay but they got better defensively which is clearly the face of this team which i am okay with they stayed under the luxury tax they they now have a good core for the future They now have options in the buyout market. They got some big man help just in case, which is great. And I think they can add a shooter in that buyout market. But it could be worse for the Boston Celtics. But this is a 31-25 basketball team that has a good shot on going on a good run here before the All-Star break. Tatum is going to be starting in the All-Star game because Kevin Durant's going to be hurt. So congratulations to Jason Tatum there. So that will be great. And yeah, that's it. So we'll talk to you on Monday on episode 153, recapping the two games from this weekend, seeing how Derek White and Daniel Tice fit in, and then we're going to preview the big match on Tuesday night in Philadelphia on TNT between the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid, James Harden, and the Boston Celtics. It's going to be pretty crazy. But thanks for tuning in, uh, especially on a Thursday night, if you are listening right when it gets released at 7 o'clock. I really appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans boston i did my very best to please each and every one of you good night